0: Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. I'm Stephanie, and I'm delighted to have with me today author of Adeline, Floral Park native, Mark Torres. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, are you kidding? I love I love spending a half an hour on TV with you. That's fabulous. I
1: appreciate it.
0: And, and love, love, love the book. Thank you. Thank you so much. I see this is not your first.
1: No, it is the, the newest, <laughs> the latest. Um, the latest instance. and greatest. Yes, thank you.
0: Uh, could you tell us a little bit about Adeline? Sure.
1: Well, Adeline, it's about the murder of a young woman wrongly committed into a notorious mental asylum in Rockland County, New York in 1977. Savoy Graves, the lovely protagonist from the first book, returns to investigate the case and finds himself plunged into the dark underworld of a maniacal secret society determined to guard its identity at all costs. It is um, a, a natural sequel from the first book, but it is a standalone book and right. certainly um, a thrilling read.
0: Well, I love that your investigator is yeah. the the common thread. You know, a la Sherlock Holmes. Who is your favorite author of that kind of? And well, if you're a Holmes fan or... Yeah,
1: well, well, that's yes, of course some Holmes, but, but a lot of it, admittedly, is, self, is autobiographical. Salva Graves, you know, if he returns to the first book, A Stirring in the North Fork, he was this attorney. He had this great job at this big law firm, make a ton of money, loved it.
0: Gee, it's like an attorney I know. Yeah. <laughs> Again,
1: somewhat autobiographical. And then during the down- economic downturn, he lost his job. Distraught, doesn't know what to do. He stumbles okay. on this cold case goes out east to investigate this case, and then it makes it it, part of his calling um, to, to investigate and seek justice. And that's what the theme of these books are, is it makes you scream for justice, and and you know just someone determined to to see it to the end.
0: I love it. Now now you're an attorney. Do yes. you uh, scream for justice too, or do you write about it instead?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> a little of both. I, I represent a, a Teamsters union. I'm general counsel to Teamsters Local 810. I represent the working man, women uh, every day, and I love what I do. It's been over 10 years. Wow. About 4,000 members I'm the sole attorney, so I guess that's 4,000 clients.
0: I want to say congratulations, but I want to say thank you. No, thank, thank you for, it, for your representation. It, it's that's a huge. great
1: honor, and it's more than a career; it's a calling, yeah. and I love that. And that's I took a lot of those positive qualities into Savoy Graves, into these books, um, to to, to kind of, you know, right the wrong and and try to make things work out at the end. So it's a a matter of perseverance and just that sheer will and determination.
0: I love that. I love that a lot. What made you start writing? I mean, you're a lawyer, so you obviously write. A lot, but I would think boring,
1: like contracts. Yeah, no, you're right. A lot of it is, and and admittedly, I love legal writing, as as boring as. Really love that? I I can't even
0: read that. I I
1: love writing persuasively, uh, argumentative, and trying to win your case and and defeat the other side's case. And I love that. And, And fiction writing gives me a natural outlet. From that it gives me the ability to to create stories and and develop characters and build on that and that's what I'm proud to have done wow. with these two books.
0: Were you always a storyteller? Like when you were a kid, were you making up fantastical stories? Um,
1: or? Uh, perhaps I, I I can recall once a very small little league playing roller hockey and we won a local uh, championship and I'd written an article and submitted it to the New York Times, the, the, the Times, the News Ledger. It was Times News Ledger, I believe it was in Queens, and they ran the story. And I was no. like, oh, we ran a small article. I look kind of look back to the archives for that, but it was my first foray into wow. writing with at that, with that level, so it was exciting.
0: Wow, now fiction writers, is that the same as being a liar? Or what?
1: <laughs> uh, I, you know, people ask about styles, and, okay. uh, and there's so many styles, and okay. uh, there's so many styles to admire. I view myself more as a storyteller. I love telling a story, again, develop, uh, develop characters that you can love, hate, fear, Absolutely. Uh, um, and sympathize with, and, and I think that's what really leads me, being more of a storyteller.
0: You know, I, I always hear that about fiction. It's Really, the story lives and dies on the characters. If we don't care about these characters, either positive or negative, Absolutely. we have to we have to have emotion about your characters. And I loved the characters that you had in this book. Um, but one thing that always interests me with fiction writers, did any of your characters surprise you when you were writing the book?
1: You know, it's interesting, because I think of the villains, right? You have to have good villains. And, oh, gosh, and, and, yes. And you have to have your, your heroic characters. Usually the most the most extreme of the villains. They're just you know, purely someone I can conjure in my, in my mind, of someone doing the most grotesque of things. Um, and, and in some ways, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that I was able to develop those characters without really <laughs> labeling who this is modeled after. Okay. I mean, every character, I think as writers, we write what we know. Right. And I don't really believe it's really true fiction because somewhere something happened similar yes, in your no, no, life. Absolutely. So, so maybe deep deep down, I, I, I've expressed or experienced people like that. It mm-hmm. just kind of took it to that extra level to make it a pure villain.
0: Right, right. Because you're not a bad guy. No. <laughs> bad. And I, don't, I like to think
1: I don't know too many bad guys. But unfortunately, in this world, there are bad guys in bad 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 world. And and that's really an important part of my book. Because, you know, it my, both my books open with this. Brutal crime scene. Uh, It's it's very gut-wrenching. It's unapologetic. It's to the point. And and it's it's a challenge to the readers. Stay with it because this is not what the book's about. This the book's about overcoming that and sticking with it. I've had one reader come up to me, an elderly woman in the local library, and said, I read your first chapter in one of the books. I put it down and walked away. But then I returned to it, and I read it, I cried, I loved it. And to me, that was a great, great, fulfilling moment because I understand she that. accepted the challenge. and she, and she went with
0: Yeah, it. no, I understand that. And for such a nice person to be writing those grotesque crime scenes. I mean, you're not a criminal lawyer. Not at
1: all, no. <laughs> um, I, again, you know, I have obviously exposure to different facets of the law. Right. And, you know, modern media, you see a lot of these stories. I've always been drawn to the cold case genre. Have Whether you really? Yeah, okay. certainly in, in TV and in, in, in movies, and I've always been drawn to that. And again, it kind of makes you think, let's scream for justice, right? Let's get it right. right. And that's really what I try to emulate in my writing.
0: I like that. I like that. So the books are about getting it right. Yeah. Absolutely. As a message, I like that yes. a lot. Now you have a children's book also. <laughs> yes, right? a good guy Jake. I that. That was yes. released
1: in 2017, a hardball press. Um, okay. That is more in line with what I do personally. I, rep- I represent a Teamsters Union, and each day we represent hardworking men and women, and sometimes they make mistakes. In this story, you have Jake, who is a local sanitation worker, who who um, is on his route, and the, the city rule is when trash is placed on the curb, it belongs to the city. You can't touch it, take it for your own gain. He was taking these toys, broken up, fixed them and donated them to a local Children's shelter sounds
0: like a good thing to do. It
1: was, and unfortunately, an angry motorist turned him in. And since he broke the rule, they fired him.
0: So that's really the rule that once it gets yes. brought to the, I mean, my aunt decorated her entire house <laughs> over a garbage night. I mean, well, really.
1: The, the rule for the worker, I'm saying, the rule for the for the sanitation employee. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like so,
0: random people yeah. are allowed to somehow touch well, it,
1: but a san... if you can, you can. I, suppose. <laughs> uh, I you're wouldn't allow to, yeah. no, <laughs> to tell you're <laughs>
0: But for a sanitation workers, yes,
1: a city city employee. Oh, so' if I think they were on the. Uh,
0: they're on the job I exactly.
1: understand so w- because he was taking these 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 toys which were broken anyway and fixing was,
0: them and giving them to
1: a local children's shelter he was still fired for it
0: oh my god he
1: goes to the union the union g- goes to arbitration um, and, and helps to fight his, for his job back and you know it's marketed for young children but it really resonates in fact I read that book at my daughter's fifth grade elementary school class and at the end of the book I said do you think I asked the class do you think Jake would have gotten his job back if he wasn't part of the union and they all said no and that was a powerful, that it resonated with them at such a wow. young level it really made a it all A children's
0: well. book about unions, yes. this is the first I've ever known and one. And I'll tell
1: you, I'm proud to say many of them are, are just dry manuals admittedly they're just kind of archaic right. we wanted to create something fresh, yeah. lively, and, and it was a challenge my first children's book uh, was a challenge to write for children because you have a heavy responsibility with the message here he did break a rule, I how see. do you explain to children it's okay to break a rule it, and we do that I do that very artfully and responsibly.
0: So. Right, right. Oh I love that. Thank I love you. that. So books with a message. Yes very that's important. fantastic. Now getting back to Adeline yes. um, tell me when is the first time you had an idea for it? How long did it take?
1: Well Adeline I mean, it's not took took, pretty darn. Fat probably book. Start, <laughs> <laughs> start to finish uh, a little under two years.
0: Okay uh, a
1: lot longer than my first book. starting in the North book took four months. I was this
0: book took you four months. It
1: did it did from start to finish it was it just poured out. That's a As I'm sure you um, <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it just flowed. And maybe, wow. maybe I was new to, new to the, the industry or to writing, okay. but it just flowed. What I do in all my writings, I set a very high bar. So if, if I'm not satisfied with it, I won't just put it out for someone else to expect they would. Right, right. So this one took longer because, really, because a lot of the research that went into the book, the book. T- talks a lot about the mental health status and facilities in New York State. Right. It talks it talks, and I also work with a medical examiner, Peter Speth. He's mm. a famous medical examiner who helped solve a serial killer case, the Golden State Killer in California. And through his, our conversations and really his teachings was incredible. I was able to relay back into the book intelligently wow. about human anatomy, autopsies, even the medical e- examiner field itself. And lastly, we did a lot of research going to these abandoned facilities. We went to Letchworth Village in Rockland County, went to Kings Park, and really just being there, taking it all in. Helped oh, I me. love that! You know, I love
0: actually going there. It, it was
1: That's fantastic, amazing. and I, I'm a, and I was moved in different ways. Kings Park had a more of a haunting feel, admittedly. Letchworth had too, but it was a lot of serenity. It was a beautiful really? two story stone buildings, Jeffersonian st- style buildings, set along a beautiful green lawn. It could almost operate today. You think, well, why wow. couldn't they use these buildings? It, it was a lot of love. There was a peacefulness there about it, as well as the eeriness, knowing the history of mental health treatment.
0: Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, it was quite a horrible history. So you did a lot of research going into this.
1: I did. I did. I pride myself on it. And even when I was stuck with the old proverbial writer's block, I would revert back to my research. And it really helped me get through. And I came out on the other side much stronger and more capable and more inspired to come out with a better product.
0: I love that as a way of breaking through. I mean, writer's block is going to happen. You know, we all get it even if we're just writing an email. You know, writer's block is a thing. But to rely upon the research. Yes. I think is fabulous. Do you think a lot of fiction writers <clears throat> write research, or I, is that kind of your lawyerly? Well, side?
1: well, it certainly is my lawyerly thing. I would hope they do. I, in my good conscience, I couldn't write any other way. The book centers on this murder made to look like a suicide. I couldn't just say that and expect the reader to accept it. I, I commend my wife, Latoya, who really helps me and helped me to remind me: show, don't tell. And and I don't want to just say that. Well, there was a murder made to look like a suicide. I want to show that, and explain right. that. And mm-hmm. thanks to my research, I was able to do that adequately.
0: Fantastic. Tell us a little bit about the Red Bird. Evan
1: the Red Harper. Bird. Uh, my daughter, Olivia, she's 11. She had created that artwork. I, God, it's I enlisted, gorgeous. <laughs> thank you. I, oh, I, I enlisted this. her, if you will. Um, I asked her, I said, do you want to be on, on board with this, pro- with this project? And she was old. All eager to do. Okay, I
0: might need Olivia's phone number to do some book covers for me. This is gorgeous. She,
1: she was very shy at first, but now she's haggling and negotiating over royalties with Oh, me, good so. for
0: her. Go, Olivia. She's I the, love it.
1: The daughter of a lawyer. I shouldn't be surprised.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> so, the red yeah, bird?
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of mystery to the story. You, yes. you, it's, it's certainly... A well, very, I know, but... Yeah, <laughs> it's a very potent... Uh, factor in the story, while while it gives the appearance of a mystery, which I love yes. as an author, uh, readers will have to really get involved in the book to understand it, and you will very quickly to understand the meaning.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, she did an absolutely beautiful job Thank on you. the cover, and and what's been some of the things that you've done, either before you finished writing it or even since, that you didn't expect to do. Have you you went up to the places, yeah. in person, yes. and and got to see them, which is. Amazing yes. to actually be where your protagonist died, you know, yeah. or you know where, where different things it, occurred. it really
1: was um, harrowing but fulfilling. And, and really, yeah. th- that shows in the book because, uh, again, as a writer, if, if you have an emptiness, then it's going to be hard to fill those pages. And having that that fulfillment and going to these sites oh my as well as the research. And also, I've I, I known some people in law enforcement, federal FBI officers, and getting their, their understanding or getting an understanding from them about criminology was very important as well. Right, right. You know, we want to write what we know, but without knowing it, we can't write it.
0: Did you find any roadblocks in trying to do your research? Like, were you allowed to go to those places? It's
1: a funny story. It's, it's actually referenced in the book. We, we, I, of course, with my family, where we, Letchworth Village, for instance, technically is closed off, but there's some sides where you can kind of meander around. Ah. In the buildings, of course, and the wide windows, you're not supposed to go in. You could peek in. You see graffiti on the walls, furniture strewn about. Um, you could tell people have been there, but as a lawyer, I figured I don't want to get in trouble by going in there. So exactly. I kind of teased my wife, I said, "Why don't you go in and let me and know and take pictures?
0: <laughs> you go in and take pictures."
1: So wow. it was, uh, and there was again, it was very, um, really exhilarating to be at these.
0: I at can these imagine. I can imagine, but I would think that if there were closed facilities, yeah,
1: Kings Park, you can't. Although they still, you you see online, you see urban hunters. They're always exploring these facilities and, and posting half-hour-long videos. So they yeah. do a lot of okay, research so you were
0: able to look at things like that too.
1: Well, yeah, that was part of it. Just, just right. you know, ancillary, just to look at what I could get from that. Um, you know, certain, many videos on these places that exist.
0: Now, interviewing other people, law enforcement people, things like yes. that. Were people receptive to you?
1: Yes, um, some local neighbors. Uh, I've talked to them, and they knew I was writing a book. And the, the key there is to make them understand that I'm not trying to mis- misinterpret or misconstrue. And specifically in the book, where if there was a rogue agent, it wasn't intended that all the agents were rogue. Right. Um, And it was a matter of explaining and being clear on that and kind of putting my spin on what I understood it to be. It was really factual research and then adding it to my fictional story.
0: Exactly. Now this was your first published book. Was this the first time you ever wrote?
1: Uh, Well, yes. And it
0: came out this fabulous in four months? I mean, (laughs) you sat down and said, I think I'm going to be a writer.
1: Initially, I wanted to teach, believe it or not. Really? I thought of ways to teach. Um, I thought of things I could do to get involved in teaching. And I was kind of, you know, uh, rubbing up against roadblocks. So I said, well, let me think of other outlets. And then I thought, well, maybe I could, could conceive of a story, write a story. I, I still remember sitting in the yard with my wife and we were saying, well, what, what's the first ideas that pop in your head? And we were just spitballing ideas. And then eventually the idea of, you know, this attorney, uh, turn detective, kind of just... It's, you know, involved, getting involved in a case and kind of taking it from there. As bare minimum as that was, that's what really was, you know was the springboard to where we are today. I
0: love that. I love that. Now, was there research involved in this as well? Uh, or yes, it's closer. So it took less time. It is
1: different. See, in Stirring in the North Fork, my debut novel, a lot of the, a lot of the the character and set it was the setting itself, geographically. The North Fork, we vacation there for almost twenty years. We love okay. it. We go every year. So uh, it was a very large part in the story in and of itself. we here. You had the mental institution as right. part of that filling that void um, there was a lot of recalling the places we've been at the locations as beautiful it is by day it could be really creepy at night oh, in I'm sure. r- remote parts of, of very far out east and Long Island
0: right right
1: and I was able to capture that into the story so it was it was uh, it was an exciting exciting journey to get that out and kind of just again it was almost being led autobiographically by myself, thinking of my, my my position when I was let go from a large law firm, where would I go and what would I do?
0: Right, right. How, how has this changed now that you have three successful books out? When you describe yourself, are you, you know, I'm an author and lawyer, or a <laughs> lawyer and author, or were they equal? Like, like did you did your self perception change with doing this?
1: It, it did. I certainly grew. I realized the growth that I've had from the first to till the third. That's fabulous. Um, you know, Adeline in so many ways is is a, so far superior from the first book. And I think as a writer, you know that, right. that always happens. You can write. I can write a 20 page brief and revisit it next week and, and make it so much better. Right, and do it right. another week later and make it better. So you naturally. But at some progress.
0: point it's due. <laughs> exactly. No, no doubt. And, and
1: for, in my case, it was really about the storytelling. How much can I really make the story more compelling? Right. What, what can I, what, how can I make it stronger from the first and different from the first, right. but keeping the same voice? So, from how the
0: first. do you know as a writer? Because I know we have many writers or you know prospective writers watching. How do you know when it's done? You know, this took, was, it, was a year?
1: It took almost two years. Almost two years. A lot years, of research intense.
0: And, and you're writing, and you're revising, and yeah. you're fixing, and you're writing. And how do you know when it's done? People ask me that question. You know, it's
1: almost an innate feeling. I, you know, when I read, when I get the book back as a, as a, as a proof, and I and I go through it, and, and you know, if I'm getting the goosebumps, mm-hmm. I still know and feel that it's as good as I want it to be. Um, I used to think, oh, that's just beginner's luck. You know, maybe that. But I, I know in my writing, again, if the story is that compelling, and, and, and I set a very high bar that if I reach that, that I'm, I'm confident to be able to release it to the public and hopefully they'll agree with my, with my assessment on it. I so I think, I think it's an innate feeling, knowing when it's done, knowing when it's tight, having the loose ends covered. I, in my, both my books I have epilogues that kind of, some of them are, yes. are almost comedic where I add a, a, a remote character and I add a part to it, but certainly others where you want to know. The reader wants to know what happened here or there. Exactly. How did it end? How could it end? So.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But at some point, you just feel like, all right, I've written enough. I've tweaked yeah. enough. I've.
1: You know, I'm not guy. I'm not guided by um, page word counts, page okay, good, numbers. Good. I mean, generally, the between fifty and sixty thousand words are what I've done. Um, I think that if the story needs it, I'll add more. But I won't add more just to make it a fatter book.
0: Right. No, I know? get that.
1: And, and it's a matter of just feeling c- confident in the story. Is as can be. And again, as an attorney, I'm compelled to be concise. So my chapters, chapters in these books are very short. Right. They're jam-packed with information that what you need to know, nothing extra that I don't feel is important right. to add. Well, as
0: a reader, I loved the short chapters because it kept, it kept me moving ahead. But that was, it, it Complemented the pacing. In a different book, <coughs> it would have, it would have been distracting. Sure. But in your book, it complemented the pacing. It that was, was just yeah, fabulous. The idea
1: is to have this kind of, they say, page turn and gripping. I, I don't really, I see those after the fact, but I really want to get and tie the story together as, as, uh, as really as compelling as I can in, in a fast moving way. That's, right, that's right. really my goal.
0: Now, uh, writers will always say that to be a great writer, you have to be a great reader. Do you even have time to read? You're a lawyer. I, you're I, a writer. <laughs> I, mean, I do. I
1: do some reading. And sometimes I struggle to read for pleasure because I read so much for a living, I bet. Uh, as well as writing. So it does struggle. But but I, I look for I look for works that inspire me, and that that's really what what I get. And even then, time you know time is what it is. If you had the time to read, uh, I try to put what I can in it.
0: It is. It's not easy. Do you have any favorites or? Uh
1: you're lucky
0: you could read the newspaper
1: um, you know believe it or not I, no I, I actually look back at the antiquities I, I read a lot really I look at Machiavelli I look at Dante and that's from a lot of college college classes I've taken I remember those renaissance courses and, and, and classes I've taken they're really wow. really insightful um, and I try to look for modern stories and you know another format where we discuss is audible <laughs> um, audio books are great audio you know, books great. Is
0: the fastest growing market it, it's
1: it's very exciting In fact as of today, Adeline is available on Audi- Audible as well as Stirring in the North Fork. And, uh, it's a great format because it's not just you have to sit at home. You could be exercising. You right. could be, be reading. Driving. You could be driving. Traveling. And a- everyone has these electronics so you can really get your book out in a different market. Exactly. A- and, I, and I enjoy that too. I try, to, I try to incorporate that. If I'm struggling reading for pleasure, then I'll try to listen for pleasure.
0: Right, right. Now it's not easy. It's not easy because there's a lot of things on your plate, I'm sure. Yeah. And I mean for work you must have to read thousands of pages of well, that's stuff that none of the rest
1: of us can read. <laughs> Most contracts and, and, and grievances and complaints and briefs. And exactly. It's, it's challenging, but again, it's, it's really part of what I do, and I love it because I don't view it as a job, like, like writing. I view it as a calling and, and something I love to do, and, and if, as long as I don't synonymize it with work, I'm okay.
0: Now, is there another book that's in the works?
1: There is. There's certainly going to be a follow up and a, a sequel, as you see, it's from the files of Savoy Graves. Yes, I'll be incorporating yes. incorporating another book on so that. So we're
0: going. Now, <clears throat> this one does not say from the files of no, Savoy Graves.
1: This was the original. And uh, I didn't, you know, again, expectations. You're, you're, right. This came out in December of 2015. One thing I will say about this book, and I'm quite proud of, within one year of its release, it was pictured by readers on all seven continents.
0: Wow. It, including
1: on the anniversary, December 13, 2016. Picture from Antarctica was emailed to me with a person sitting on an ice shelf, the ocean in the background, and holding up my book. And it was it was breathtaking. Who
0: do you know who went to Antarctica? I, I had, well, that's
1: it. So, so I've been blessed with some readers. Also, if I have uh, I have a friend who schedules some tours, and he was able to arrange that picture and she she get her the book and and, and wow, she was able to read it. Wow, congratulations!
0: And I'm hoping to emulate
1: that with Adeline. I already have pictures from Europe, North America. Um, Australia as well. So I'm looking, Antarctica and Asia are usually the, the more difficult. I love that reach.
0: idea of having somebody take a picture of your book on every continent. That's yeah. a fabulous it's, idea. It's
1: a wonderful way to market. I, I don't believe, I'm not the one to say, hey, buy my book. I, I, I believe in, you know, joining on the fun. Maybe take right. a picture where you are. And I find that people enjoy that as well as they're, they're reading the book, they enjoy it. And getting it out there is a, in a positive, friendly way. That's fabulous. I think, that's
0: fabulous. I think that's fabulous. Well, I, I understand why on your first book you did not add yeah. from the files of Savoy Graves, but now that you have the second and a third on the way, maybe we can add a little uh, note on the bottom. We can always.
1: We can always invent. You know, because sure. now,
0: you know, certainly when you write the first thing, you never think, no, this is, you know, volume one. Not the, the, that sequential, but but now, obviously, it's working.
1: Yes, uh, it's certainly up for revisions, for and I can add to that, as, as well as other projects. I'm considering some, other as projects. we were talking earlier, some historical fictions, um, things, uh, you know, out, out east, Long Island, there's is, is a, is a breathtaking amount of history out here, um, as well as other, other stories, and, and maybe even different genres.
0: So I'm really? kind of keeping
1: my options open. I, I almost take it as a challenge. I don't want to necessarily be bottlenecked into one genre. Right, right. So I, I, I almost take that as a personal challenge. Say, well, I'm going to expand and Ooh. look outward uh, and see if I can create Are you something. you at
0: liberty different. to tell us what other genres um, you're looking at? S-
1: something in the paranormal or, or Ooh, s- okay. uh, some kind of supernatural type thing. I'm thinking of a, a female heroine. Who can really combat again forces of evil? Right. And and strangely enough, my kids, uh, I I've kind of read what I, I've read to them what I've written already, and they were just sitting there kind of like speechless, really? and they enjoyed it. And you know, I, now your I saw, kids
0: are like young teenagers, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, my so they're
0: picky as all heck. Oh, no doubt. They're a great audience. They're a great
1: audience, <laughs> and um, obviously these these books I don't read to them, but they're they're, they're poking around wanting to know more and. Uh, you know, they've been very helpful. My son Jake's been helpful with the marketing. Isabella, too, my oldest.
0: Boy, so you're it's lucky. It's, you got a built-in staff. It's,
1: it's a family affair, really. Look at
0: that. I love that. And my that. wife,
1: my greatest collaborator, we collaborate in these stories. It's a wonderful thing.
0: I love that, the family affair. Yeah. I think that that's fantastic. And, and, you know, that what that means to me is your kids are going to grow up seeing their dad who is, you know, a, a lawyer and a champion for rights and an artist. Yeah. And I think that that's just unbelievable. What? You know, I,
1: I think I, um, the, the last two years they had the yearbooks, the senior yearbooks, and, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they both listed author. And I, I took that as a great oh, l- amount of pride. Oh it was the nice gosh, thing to say. That is
0: amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah, some, some dads would think that's a bad thing because that means starvation. But no, <laughs> that's true. I like that you were, were all for it. Yes. That's just fantastic. I mean, I certainly
1: want to have them find their own way, but to know that I've inspired them in any I think way that's is great. wonderful.
0: Well, isn't, you know, as a parent, <laughs> wouldn't we like to think that we were, you know, Well, I
1: think I wanted to be an astronaut in sixth grade, so it did pan out, so... <laughs> the Your dad wasn't an astronaut <laughs> by any chance, was he? I
0: not didn't, not think, so. I didn't <laughs> think so. I didn't think so. So you've got projects uh, in the lurks. A couple of questions for our future authors out there. Um, do you write with longhand? Do you type or do you dictate?
1: I always type. type. Um, you know, I, I still remember. And I tell my kids all the time because in school I give them the Kindles and I make them buy these keypads to type. I, I remember years ago and my father said, learn computers. You know, it's going to be the future. And this is before Internet. And I, I bought into that. Now I can't tell you enough. The level. Everything you do in my practice, professional right. practice as an attorney and writer, it's all about typing. I believe in typing. I do always carry a notebook around. Good I, for you. I always jot notes. The worst thing as a writer I could say is losing a good thought. So I always have my notes. Sometimes I'll pull off the side of the road. I'll call my office, leave a voicemail. Saying, oh, I like that. You know, you don't want to lose a good idea in any which way. or email myself. So I'm always kind of re- logging my, right, my right. ideas right. You tell somewhere. your phone,
0: hey, Siri, call the office. And <laughs> yeah. You know, I like that. It's too
1: important. But yeah.
0: you're right. These thoughts are fleeting. Yeah. So, you carry a notebook, you type, uh, do you you edit as you go or do you try to dump it all as quickly as possible?
1: I I, I, I typically try to write, I'm chapter driven. So, I'll work. So, I'm inspired, and I'll give you a good example. In the summers, I spend a lot of time at a pool, local pool, kids are swimming, plenty of time to relax. I grab my notebook and I write. When I get back, I'll type what I've written typically that chapter right? and I'm always editing. I'm always looking to make it stronger, make it better. Even at the final stages before I give it to my editor, <clears throat> I'm, I'm compelled to make it as tight as I can and edit as much as possible. And I think that's, the, that's always fluent. You're always editing and adjusting and tweaking, and it's important.
0: Any tips for our future writers out there?
1: Uh, certainly uh, write, don't be afraid to write, always write. Uh, don't ever lose a good idea, mm-hmm. jog it, log it down somewhere, and really, you know, write to your own expectations, don't don't get caught up in what other people think it should be, because if you're satisfied, then I think the readers will as well.
0: well I like that, I like that a lot. Now, when you're writing, um do you use uh, any particular program i know other people think oh, let me hang on his every word what does he use he wrote microsoft three books word, microsoft, microsoft word
1: <laughs> as simple as it is very I think, simple i, I often wonder cut. it's like god are there better programs out there because sometimes you wonder but yeah no, you know, it's, I hear about things. It's, it's, it's never really like that and another thing i'll say and i think people looking to write a book think that you're going to start from the beginning and work all the way to the end. Okay. And it's, my experience is never like that.
0: Okay, um, interesting.
1: One thing I will say, my, the first chapters of, all, of each of my books are, are always the first I'll write because okay. that's the one that guides the whole story. Right. And it's, it's very, very compelling. In fact, the first chapter of this book I wrote shortly after this one came out. Wow. And it just sat in the, in the tank, if you will. Gotcha. Um, so you write in piecemeal. Sometimes right. you're inspired to write a scene that can be somewhere three quarters of the way of the story. That's
0: very helpful to tell people because <clears throat> people think, They have to be consecutive.
1: Not at all. The way I look at it is I have a bunch of chapters and I just got to put them together.
0: All right. So if you would like to be a writer, get started. Yes. Get moving. Get writing, even if you're jumping around from place to place. Manage
1: your expectations and stick within yourself. Don't
0: lose the good thoughts. Never lose the good thoughts. And you can be here with three fabulous books and more on the way. Thank you. Well, when you've got more on the way, please.
1: Thank you very Come much. Come back. Please. Thank
0: you. Uh, Mark Torres's books are available where old books are sold. They are fabulous, fabulous books, so enjoy. And if you would like to be a writer, take his advice and get writing. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for joining us for Once and Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show so your view could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing!